0: Inaugural edition of WisMed On Call, bi-weekly podcast that will take a look at some of the top issues affecting patients and the practice of medicine here in Wisconsin. I am your host, Peter Welch, Vice President of Public Affairs here at the Society. Joining me today is Mark Grappentine, Senior VP of Government Relations. Well, hello, Peter. Hi, Mark. And Lisa Davidson, Vice President of Advocacy and Membership. Hi, Peter. So, just to be clear, we are recording on Friday, February 2nd, and like with all things in the news, things change fast in the world of politics and policy, so uh, so yeah, things change. Can I, can I start with something? Please.
1: So, Wismet on Call mm-hmm. is what we decided on. I was very disappointed. Yeah? We didn't try the title TM Hal, which is This Might Hurt a Little. Ooh. That was my idea that was this rejected for this, for That's this podcast. That's very pessimistic. No, no, no. It's very realistic and it's mm. informed consent, which I think is very important for any kind of <laughs> informational podcast.
2: It just doesn't pop, though, like, Wizmed <laughs> on call. You right. know, our members are on call, and we're there. We've got their back, so we're on call, too. So I think it actually slows pretty nice. You know, I kind of
1: like that, actually, because, you know, this isn't physicians coming here and speaking every other week, like we're going to be doing, to talk to what our members want to know, and so we're on call for them. Is that the theory? Absolutely. But this still might hurt a little.
2: There's going to be some pain. (laughs) There's some realism
1: there. All right, sorry. Growing pain. I just want to get that
0: off my chest. I think it's important. It's a safe space, Mark. (laughs) So last Tuesday was a big day at the state capitol. We had our annual doctor day 2018 and brought a record number of physicians and medical students to Madison to meet with lawmakers. How do you guys think it went?
1: You know, uh, it's the fifth year that we have done this new style of doctor day, which is a partnership among... Uh, specialty societies the medical schools and the medical society everyone's on an even basis it is a complete partnership there is no lead it's actually something we tried to emphasize with the media and others is that this is not the medical society's doctor day it is the day for physicians it's for the profession across the across the state i thought it was good for a number of reasons number one um, record attendance which is great approaching 500 which is a, a really nice number uh, got a lot of comments from legislators and staff who said, "I saw these white coats coming into the building." I always ask them if they're nervous when they see that, but they said, "No, no, it was great to see." Um, and, and also because a lot of the messages that were given as part of Doctor Day, when the physicians and students were there uh, before they went to the to the Capitol for their meetings, they got a lot of information on things. And and it was uh, physicians that were leading some of the specialties. It, were, it was attorneys to talk about some important cases. But overall, everyone was emphasizing how physicians working together, no matter what organization or organizations they belong to, is how medicine has to react going forward in order to push the good things we want to push and try to stop some of the bad things that others are trying to get done. And I think that message got across pretty well. So um, as someone that has been kind of trying to help uh, Make Doctor Day is good for everybody. I think it was it was great in terms of organization. A lot of good people put the put the show together well. It went smoothly. Everything was where it was supposed to be, and uh, lunches were there, and the, the meetings happened, and things like that. Um, there's always work to do. We're going to do some uh, downloads after we uh, get get all the feedback from folks uh, that
0: we've asked for, and um, we'll start planning again for for Doctor Day 2019. And Lisa, you and I both joined the Society last summer, so this is both of our first Doctor Days as employees of the uh, of the Medical Society. You know, we've witnessed these things in past years, but what were your thoughts on being on the inside?
2: I was so excited to participate in my first Doctor Day, um, kind of on the outside looking in. I'd, I'd be in the Capitol sometimes and I'd see you in your in all the physicians on Doctor Day, and I just wondered, how do they pull that off? <laughs> Those are so many people. Um, and now I've had a little insight into all the work that goes into that. I was really energized. But ultimately for me, you know, one of the things that made it the most exciting for me was being able to do a legislative visit with my pediatrician. <laughs> um, I really enjoy spending time with her in the, the very few times I see her in, in town, since she's a neighbor of mine. Um, but it was really impressive to hear her talk to one of our state legislators about what she sees from a broad sense in our community, um, especially you know some of the really you know critical things as it relates to um, the babies that are being born at our hospital that are born under bad circumstances as it relates to addiction and withdrawal, um, she cited a lot of information that I didn't know when she was talking about my own community, so that was really eye opening. Also, too you know the optics of having so many white coats in the building one of the things that makes that so special aside from the sheer numbers and how that really demonstrates you know a visible representation of our membership is that you know physicians in the white coat right now are one of the most trusted entities and I think now more than ever being able to have that trusted figure um, help have a conversation is really important so seeing that many white coats in the building you know it really demonstrates that we've got a group of people here that is credible and it cares and is taking care of your community and so being able to put a name with a face for that for legislators and to see the people practicing medicine in their own communities I think it was really really terrific
0: yeah I would echo that it was really great for me as as a new employee to get to see the diversity of opinions and approaches to talking about these issues from our membership. Uh, it was also great to have the governor there. You know, we had uh, we had Governor Scott Walker there. Uh, clearly, an important issue for uh, for his priorities going forward. Um, healthcare, obviously, always an important issue. But this is the first doctor day, right? Since the failed repeal at the federal level of of the ACA, so certainly healthcare is on a lot of people's uh, thoughts moving forward. So we got the governor there. He spoke. Mark, what did he talk about?
1: actually Lisa this was kind of your area of expertise Uh, we're glad to have the governor there Um, and it's certainly something that he was highlighting in terms of what he wants to do the rest of 2018 and Lisa's been on top of this um, as as it has been laid out since the state of the state so Lisa got a little on that?
2: Sure so you know the current environment we're seeing you know more of a pivot towards states being able to help design their health care programs and now you know states being uh, given the authority to help with some redesign of the individual marketplace so with that um, the governor did lay out you know a plan um, ultimately to provide some certainty and some stability to the health insurance marketplace and really what he wants to do with his proposal is he wants to establish um, reinsurance and reinsurance, like, kind of like it sounds, is insurance on insurance. And the proposal really is, is seen as a way to do something here in Wisconsin that the federal government failed to do, at least thus far. And the goal is to help mitigate the increases in health care premiums that have been happening over the past couple of years. And so the idea here is that we would help offset those increases in the premiums for people that are in the private insurance marketplace um, by providing a buffer um, with respect to reinsurance for claims that are above fifty thousand dollars so in this move um, which will have a process that it needs to move through um, really providing some certainty and stability so that people that are in the individual market um, will have a better sense of what their cost might be moving forward and that it won't necessarily eat up more and more of the budget that they need to spend on you know other items for their family food transportation housing um, and all of that so that being said Um, What the process is, and and what the society plans to do on that, is the Affordable Care Act under Section 1332 has a provision that gives states flexibility um, to help design some areas of the marketplace and to basically have a budget neutral uh, proposal that will help maintain uh, coverage um, but look at doing some things differently um, than they have done before. And so the state is going to be putting together a 1332 waiver. In order to do that, they need to actually have the waiver be in legislative bill form. So they need to have a piece of legislation move through the process and become law. And that is going to have to happen really quickly because the insurance commissioner's office, that is the agency that has been developing this and will help shepherd this through the waiver process. Um, The insurance commissioner's office wants to see this move very quickly because what they need to do then is after a bill is passed they have to then go through the federal uh, waiver process that requires consultation with the tribes as well as uh, public hearings around the state and then from there put together the waiver in its final form, send it on its way uh, to CMS, and that is the agency um, and the federal government that has the say over whether or not this is going to be implemented um, in Wisconsin. Um, so in order to have something in place that affects the marketplace for 2019, things need to move rather quickly here. So the timeline is February for legislative passage and then submit the waiver in April.
0: Thanks, Lisa. That's that's a lot of great information. We're going to be following this moving forward at the society. It's clearly really important to us and to our to our members. Um, at Doctor Day, we had as as far as state legislation four issues that we were focusing on. Right, Mark?
1: Yeah, it's always interesting to try to coordinate what those issues are going to be at Doctor Day because with all the physicians in the state, they are representative of the populace as a whole, which means they come from every stripe of the political rainbow. So it makes it um, an interesting exercise to try to um, get the issues that the vast majority of physicians would agree upon. Um, you know, for instance, the governor's comments, there are a lot of physicians in the state that love Governor Walker. There are a lot of physicians in the state that don't love Governor Walker. Uh, but the the um, input we got after his remarks, which were um, were very healthcare care oriented, were very positive. I mean i had I had some <laughs> physicians come up to me afterwards and and uh, they're like, well, you know, you know what I think. <laughs> but I really like the governor's speech. You know, he, he said some good stuff, so that's that's a positive. And you know, um, we we always like it when everybody's more in agreement. So that's why we chose some of the topics we did. There are some that uh, will be of no surprise to those of uh, you who have been following state legislative activity so far this biennium. One is a Assembly Bill 260, which would require the state's high schools and some of its colleges to accept pre-participation physicals for athletes that are conducted by a chiropractor. Um, There is nothing on the state books right now that say that chiros can't do sports physicals per se, Uh, but what happens right now is that oftentimes there's a a chiropractic organization that approaches the WIAA, which is the state's high school um, affiliated group that they want to allow chiros to do the forms that that students that wanna participate in high school athletics need to fill out as part of their physical. And the wia has said well no, we'd rather leave physicians and those on the physician team to do that instead so what ab 260 does is it would mandate that the schools would no longer have a choice to decide who would um, who would be acceptable for doing these physicals so so there's a bill there we believe we're in good shape in getting that stuff taken out of the bill there's other parts of that bill that might that are probably going to survive but we believe we're in good shape there and, and that's in part because the physicians have done such a good job There's the perennial issue or or semi-annual issue, it would seem, of um, the fee schedule and workers' comp. Uh, Our work comp system works very well in the state, provides great care, a lot of good access to care. Uh, Physicians and others help get injured workers back on the job faster and happier, less need of repeat care, and businesses just received $170 million uh, reduction in their premiums last October. So the system works well, and uh, we're trying to kind of push back on some of the more greedy aspects of some in the work comp system that are trying to just squeeze money from anywhere that they can, even if it's not justified, it might be harmful. So we're we're pushing on that. Uh, There's another bill that deals with nursing and changing some of the requirements that certain nurses work in collaboration with physicians. When you talk with with, uh, most physicians around the state, whether they're uh, in small shops or large systems, they agree that collaboration among the healthcare team is very important for the quality of care that a patient gets. And so anything that chips away on that um, is something that we find very troubling. Um, extra troubling on that issue was when this bill was first proposed. It was, pro- it was portrayed as a bill that was just changing the titles of nursing and didn't really get into substantive changes. And then when we started digging, we found out there were quite, quite substantive changes. And so um, we were kind of pushing back on that. And then on a, on a proactive note and being supportive, uh, the next round of HOPE agenda bills or the heroin an opiate prevention and education package of bills that Representative John Nigrin uh, has has uh, championed over the last five years. There's another bill coming up at the end of this session that the medical society supports and physicians across the state uh, are supporting. And so that was the the positive part of, of Dr. Dave where we wanted to continue to let the legislature know that partnership with physicians on fighting the uh, the drug overdose problem is something that is, is is. Uh, very high priority for the profession across the state we are there for patients Um, physicians want to help be part of the proactive solutions to get out from under this problem it's going to take a few more years at least but uh, physicians are happy to be part of that and therefore we were happy to support that bill going forward which has been introduced as Assembly Bill 907 so we'll be looking at that down the road as well so uh, very very pleased uh, with the response from Dr. Day, and and uh, we're still getting the feedback from uh, the legislators and the staff about what's going on, and the proof will, of course, be uh, in what happens uh, at the end of this legislative session, which is coming up uh, soon—not
0: soon enough for some—but uh, but coming up soon. Yeah, it's been a very very busy uh, busy few months here, and related to healthcare, and we've certainly been. Up around the hill and in DC, Mark. Any other state level issues that we're we're watching that you want to make sure our listeners are aware of?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a good question because uh, when you get to the end of a legislative session, especially at the state level, the last month is always kind of crazy. So I I kind of put it in two buckets, and you know, state you know stay tuned for metagram and things that come up more regularly, uh, for any kind of news of the day. If there's an alert on something that we really need some physician pushes on, we'll do a special alert by email that we've done in the past, but. So I guess I'd call it there's sudden defense that you have to play sometimes where, where ideas come out of the, out of the blue um, that, that um, someone's either trying to sneak through or they have a legitimate idea, they just don't realize the ramifications. So it's not like we're, you know, that there's people lurking in the bushes trying to get bills done at the last minute um, in a nefarious way, but oftentimes there are bills that come forward that we really have to be, be careful about going through because the unintended consequences uh, can be pretty significant. And then if there's something even on the offense side, that um, sometimes bills will all of a sudden get life where we didn't think there would be some, um, or there's an idea that comes out of somewhere because of some sudden uh, piece of news or whatever that we think is a good idea, uh, we're on the lookout for those as well to help others that are, are in the state legislative arena champion those ideas too. So that's, that's kind of the sudden defense,
0: sudden offense as we had in the last five weeks. And Lisa, you're uh, you're headed back to D.C. again in a few weeks. What's your agenda there?
2: Sure. So myself and H.J. Walker are going from the society, um, along with a couple of our uh, board leaders, to the American Medical Association National Advocacy Conference. Again, that'll be my first time attending that. Um, I'm really looking forward to... Spending some more time with some of our members, but also connecting with my peers um, from other state medical societies, um, being able to establish a rapport with them, but most importantly, get a sense of what's happening in other states and see opportunities for us to learn from their experiences and and to work together. Um, One of the partnerships that i quickly established was with our iowa medical society um, given that we have a current issue that's only affecting um, both uh, wisconsin and iowa so being able to put a name with a face with someone i've been talking to for several months um, will be helpful and, and really, you know, aside from, from that aspect of it, um, of course we're gonna be spending time on Capitol Hill, um, as we always do um, when we're in Washington. Um, but this time I have some members with me, so that makes it a little bit different. Um, I think that makes it a little bit stronger. And really what our agenda is gonna be uh, focused on is uh, looking at a, a couple of issues. So we have a new proposed rule um, from the Department of Labor, of all places, um, that deals with association health plans. And so to take a step back in terms of why this is important is twofold. Um, one, since there's been a lack of a legislative appetite um, to pass legislation that continues to chip away at the Affordable Care Act, the administration now has looked at what can they do through their existing executive Authority. So what can the agencies do on their own? And that's where we get into the, the regulatory space. So the association health plan rule um, is kind of in that vein of looking at some potential workarounds from the Affordable Care Act. And why we care about this is because the Um, Society, Holdings Corporation, um, currently has an association health plan that we want to continue to see grow and thrive as a mechanism for access for our members and their families. We have a little over 1,100 lives that are covered under our plan, and the proposed rules, so this is in draft form, but the draft um, would make it impossible for our existing plan to continue to operate, and that would be a really big problem. So in addition to the staff um, that I mentioned that are going, we're gonna have Linda Scythe from our Holdings Corporation be there with us um, so we can speak to that issue a little bit more in detail. And so the plan is um, to work with our congressional delegation to ultimately have the rule changed. So stay tuned. Um, That process is going to take a few months, if not potentially much, much longer. Um, But it is something that's very important to us here at the Society. We're also going to be talking about our disparity in Medicare reimbursement. Um, This is the issue I alluded to where Wisconsin and Iowa right now have a huge gap between the salaries that we pay physicians and what they are reimbursed for that care they provide in Medicare. So we've been working to really narrow and eliminate that gap. And it's been a slog. Um, This is something that certainly predates my time at the Society. And we've been working with um, our members on this issue, along with obviously the members of our congressional delegation. And we're at a point where we actually have some legislative text that was introduced last year And I'm really excited that we had our entire delegation um, sign on to that, uh, minus the speaker, given that the speaker tends not to put his name on bills. Um, But that being said, we do have some favorable language that doesn't mirror that bill um, that could be part of the omnibus budget package um, that requires passage before next week. And so like any large bill, um, there can be some goodies that are put in at the last minute. Um, We're hoping that One of the agreed-upon issues is the Medicare extenders package, and that would address this gypsy issue, the Geographic Pricing Cost Index. So hopefully we can cross this one off our list. Um, If not, we're going to continue to talk to the delegation about the need to get this fixed so that we don't have physicians seeing Wisconsin and Iowa as places they don't want to practice medicine. Especially important as we see our demographics Grow with respect to the number of patients that are going to be Medicare eligible. Uh, we don't want this to become an access problem. And another issue that we're hoping winds its way into the budget bill is funding for community health centers. This is something we've been talking about for a long time. The health centers are a real critical piece of the healthcare safety net and their federal funding expired at the end of last September, and that funding allows them to take care of uninsured patients on a sliding fee schedule and help keep people out of the emergency departments and and get them connected to a medical home. Um, so, why this is important is that uh, we have a number of partnerships throughout the state with our community health centers, and the overall healthcare system really benefits from them uh, staying sustainable so that we can help people use the healthcare system appropriately. So hopefully next week we'll bring good news on some of these longstanding priorities. Um, if not, then we'll continue our diligence and that's where our members come into play. Um, this being an election year presents an opportunity for increased visibility um, with both our state and, and federal incumbent legislators and candidates alike. Um, so we can continue to make the case there um, for them
0: one last topic I wanted to touch on today is the upcoming primary for Supreme Court justice. It's on February 20th, and this is to replace the outgoing Justice Michael Gableman, who's considered to be part of the 5-2 conservative majority uh, on the court. So we've got Madison Attorney Tim Burns, Waukee County Circuit Judge Rebecca Dallet, and Sauk County Circuit Judge Michael Screenock. What are your, uh What are your thoughts or observations about the race? Yeah, so a
1: healthcare podcast talking about um, election stuff, and that—that's <laughs> kind of what happens when you have advocacy people uh, that work for you. Um, and probably down the road, I'd say in the summer, we're probably going to talk a lot more about elections and things that happen because it is so important that physicians have their voices heard. So you know, the spring primary is always one where you have low turnout; you don't really have a lot going on, and oftentimes it's more local races. Um, for the primary this time around, this is the highest profile. This is the highest profile race that shows up on the spring ballot, is Supreme Court. Um, Supreme Court justices in in Wisconsin run for 10-year terms, so it's kind of a big deal because once you elect somebody, you you have to wait a decade before you get a chance to vote on that person again, most likely. Um, And um, this this one around is going to be interesting because you have three very interesting candidates that, again, probably um, are... Emblematic of the entire political spectrum you have you have uh, attorney Burns who seems willing to um, Dig into the political fray as much as possible talking about specific issues talking about cases that um, That have come before the court and how he would have ruled and things he wants to do going forward Um, You have uh, Michael screen who was very involved when he was in private practice on the act 10 lawsuits that happened uh, as part of uh, Governor Walker's tumultuous first term when it came to unions and, and labor and things like that, and he was involved on the private practice side before um, embarking into the uh, private sector, and then Judge uh, Judge Dallet from Milwaukee, you know, kind of kind of not as high profile uh, than the other two, in part because uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily uh, want to go out there and ruffle feathers and say things, but is one of the first ones to get ads up um, on uh, on social media. And it's, it'll, be an interesting, it'll, it'll be an interesting race to see what happens on the 20th. Uh, once that gets whittled down, the top two will advance to the April 3rd general election. And I'll tell you, there'll be a lot of uh, paid-for media that you'll see on TV. And you'll wonder why on earth in March you're seeing all these election <laughs> ads. And it's because you're going to need to go out and vote on April 3rd again. So something we're going to keep an eye on, obviously. Um, you know, again, our membership is very different depending where they are politically. Uh, And so we want to make sure that all physicians understand the importance of the race and how they should uh, be paying attention and then make their decisions when they go vote on those Tuesdays.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's really important that our members are really civically engaged. And, you know, we have an issue right before us that shows us how important the state Supreme Court um, can be. Um, They are, you know, in a position to make decisions that are um, impacting the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. And we want to continue to have Wisconsin be the best place for people to practice medicine. And, you know, ultimately there is sometimes a judicial role in that. So take your uh, time and do your diligence where you can to learn a little bit more about the candidates. And uh, then we want you to actively go out and vote and be part of the process.
1: And one of the, just to... Again, for down the road, we'll talk about this. But one of the most important cases nationally is the the partisan gerrymandering case that's pending before the U.S. Supreme Court, that comes from Wisconsin. The the course name is Gill versus Whitford, and it turns out that uh, Whitford is Bill Whitford, who uh, was actually my contracts prof at law school when I was when I was at UW, uh, getting that fine law degree. Um, and if you if you took that contracts class, it would not surprise you whatsoever that Bill Whitford is taking a gerrymandering uh, case all the way to the Supreme Court. So interesting times that uh, you know, Wisconsin tends to outpunch itself uh, nationally when it comes to <laughs> issues or influence. And certainly that's a case that's going to have huge ramifications um, on Wisconsin specifically uh, with the potential that um, there might be a chance that, the state assembly has to redraw all 99 seats, um, or it could be more tailored. And if you redraw the assembly seats, do you have to redraw the 33 Senate seats? Stay tuned, we have our eyes on the judiciary as well as the other two branches of government. So just uh, all
0: part of the fun that comes for advocating for physicians and dealing with healthcare. Well, there'll be more fun to come. That will wrap up our inaugural edition of Wismed On Call. I think we set the bar very high set some precedent, broke some records. Mark admitted he's a lawyer, so I think we got that out of the way. Um, If you like what you heard, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit our website at www.wisconsinmedicalsociety.org. If you've got suggestions or feedback, send an email to communications at wismed.org. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you all for listening.